Welcome back to the Sideline Science Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilgoss. I'm here today with Anthony Noble. We're going to be going over our week six uh, NFL season, going over every game, giving our takes on just about every single player that's fantasy relevant. Um, there wasn't a ton of stuff that happened that's super meaningful, I don't think. It wasn't a crazy week. There weren't a lot of crazy injuries or anything like that. But before we get into it, Anthony, how are you doing today? How'd your team see this weekend? Uh, another two and two week. I'm just kind of settling with two and two. I think. Um, my I probably should have went three and one. Uh, we were just talking about this before we started with the Kyler Murray. Uh, he was. I know he was a quarterback for your one of your leagues, and same with me. And I barely lost because of Murray, but he still had a great week. Yeah, I know for me, so I went 9 out of 11. I actually had a really good week. I only lost in two of them, so, and I'm still keeping my streak alive in Scott Fishbowl. I'm up to 6-0. I'm the only person in the whole conference uh, of Conference 4 that's 6-0, and so that's pretty good. But uh, in one of my leagues, we were just talking about, like Anthony said, I had Kyler Murray last night. I was down by, I want to say it was 29.9 or something like that. And Kyler Murray got 29.2 or something like that. I ended up losing by 0.7 points, uh, which kind of sucked because uh, I thought Kyler was going to do it for me. Turned out he didn't. But, yeah, that's just how fantasy goes sometimes. I mean, I, I won another league because of the Kenyon Drake touchdown at the very end of the game. I was down by five, and then he had that 69-yard touchdown that won it for me. So, um, you know, that's just how fantasy goes sometimes. But uh, so we're just going to dive right into it, go straight into the first game. There's no Thursday night game this week, so we're going to go over the Broncos and Patriots to start. The Broncos won 18-12, to but Drew Locke was pretty bad. I mean, 10 of 24, 189, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Both those interceptions uh, almost lost the game for the Broncos because they were in the both in the fourth quarter when they were just trying to run the clock out. Uh, Cam Newton didn't have a good game either, and, and he actually missed a wide-open Demir Bird for a game-winning touchdown with about two minutes left. It was, it was just a bad game all around, but there were a couple bright spots. One of them is Philip Lindsay taking over for Melvin Gordon. He had 23 rushes for 101 yards. If he's on your waivers, he's someone you should be picking up with the Melvin Gordon situation. It's not clear yet what's going to be happening. He had strep throat. That's why he missed this game, but he also was arrested for a DUI. Uh, I don't think he was charged or anything like that so far, but it, it's unclear if the league will take any discipline. Besides that, on on the Denver Broncos, one name to know here is Tim Patrick. He might be unowned in your league. He had 101 receiving yards. He was clearly Drew Locke's favorite target, so he might be someone that you should know. But other than Phil Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and Tim Patrick, maybe Jerry Judy, but other than that, I don't see any healthy player on the Broncos right now that I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I'd expect uh, Drew Locke and Noah Fant to have a good uh, good back half of the season. Fant's probably going to be back next week, and they had a good connection before Locke got hurt, and same with Fant. Uh, other than that, like you said, Philip Lindsay, uh, until Melvin Gordon comes back, I think it's going to be his backfield, and obviously they trusted him with 23 carries. That's kind of like a Fangio offense right there, running the ball heavy. And like you said, Newton looked really bad from first game back. And honestly, the Patriots just in general looked just kind of dry. Like it was, I mean, James White had eight receptions, 65 yards. But outside of that, they didn't really look good. They didn't look good running the ball. They barely ran the ball. Uh, I thought they'd run it more than it, than they actually did. And the defense, I mean, they had turnovers, but they just didn't capitalize on offense. And it's kind of crazy to see a two and three Patriots team. I mean, in the beginning of the year with Newton, how he was uh, playing, you, you would think that maybe that team would be pretty good, but uh, just pretty dry on offense, to be honest. I really can't remember the last time the Patriots were two and three. I mean, even the year that Tom Brady was suspended for the first four games, I think they still went like three and one with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett starting. So I, I haven't seen a 2-3 and three Patriots team in a long time. I don't think that they're all that good of a team. I mean, the, the issues that we're seeing here with uh, New England is that it's kind of similar to what Brady was complaining about last year, just that they have no playmakers. I mean, the leading receiver here is Demir Bird. Uh, Julian Edelman was the most targeted wide receiver, but he's clearly past his prime. Nikhil Harry is looking like a first-round bust. He didn't even have a catch. So uh, it's just not looking good here. I don't think Cam has a lot of weapons to work with, and I don't think that anyone on this team is particularly interesting for fantasy outside of James White and Cam. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so we're going to move to the next game here. We'll keep moving. Uh, the Titans winning 42-36 to are the Houston Texans. This game went into OT. Uh, I just want to start with Derrick Henry is an absolute monster. 22 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he also had 52 receiving yards, which is insane. I mean, this dude is just a freak of nature, and he's a beast. Um, you know, he's a locked-in RB1 every single week. I do want to mention, though, like, eventually I think he will get injured. I mean, last year he didn't even play a full 16-game schedule. It's going to happen what, sooner rather than later at some point. Darrington Evans did get put on IR, so the next man up behind Henry is going to be Jeremy McNichols. Uh, so I'm going to be picking him up in a couple of my deeper bench leagues this week just as an insurance in case Henry were to get hurt. So that might just be something you want to look at. But besides Henry, there's a lot to like here for fantasy in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill is putting his name in MVP conversation. 30 of 41, 364, four touchdowns. He did have one pick. But that's a really good day for fantasy. And then uh, A.J. Brown is finally back. Five catches, 56 yards, two touchdowns, and seven targets. That's what we like to see. Uh, and then in terms of t- tight ends, Jonu Smith went out with an injury, and so Anthony Ferkser really stepped up. He catches 113 yards and a touchdown. We'll talk a little bit about Ferkser on the waiver wire podcast that's going to be coming out later today. But um, besides that, Anthony, what do you think of Tennessee's offense? Yeah, uh, with Derrick Henry, I mean, he's a beast. I watched some of that game, and he's just unstoppable. Uh, like you said about Tannehill, I, I've been telling you, I think he, honestly, I think he just passed up Josh Allen on the MVP. I think it's probably, I'd go Wilson, Rodgers, and Tannehill right now, or my three picks right now. Um, he's just playing lights out. I know he had that pick and everything, but that team is just very well coached, and they're, they're falling right behind Henry. Fersker, like you said, we'll talk about him on the waiver wire. He'll be interesting. Adam Humphrey stepped up. Uh, he did pretty good. And then A.J. Brown's looking like a wide receiver one steal because a lot of people were getting him thinking like the sixth round, fifth round, seventh round. Like he, his ADP was very low, and he's been showing out ever since he came back from that injury. Uh, what I got to say about Henry is if he does get injured, like Ben said, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, and I don't even know if he'll get injured. He is huge he's sick i know some of those injuries it doesn't matter on size but he does not take crazy hits and he's just as big as most linebackers on opposing teams i mean he, this guy it takes like three guys to bring him down you saw what he did to josh norman if he gets injured it's something like a like a very low hit or a non-contact injury i don't really see it other way other way around or anything but we'll have to monitor it and just but for now, I mean, people are probably loving them on, on uh, their team. Yeah, and then for the Texans, uh, we've got Deshaun Watson. He finally had a huge day. Fantasy owners are kind of waiting for it. I uh, had 335 yards, four touchdowns. Now he's gotten away from Bill O'Brien. It's looking like their uh, new offense coordinator is really just turning him loose, uh, and he's just able to do whatever he wants, which is kind of nice for fantasy. In terms of the receivers, uh, Brandon Cooks had a big day, nine catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. That's two straight weeks without Bill O'Brien that Brandon Cooks has looked really good. I think if he's on waivers in your league, you should pick him up. He is someone that you should know for sure. Will Fuller had another big day, six catches, 123 yards, a touchdown, 11 targets. Again, if he stays healthy, he's the best receiver in this offense. He's going to be putting up numbers. It's just like I say every week, it's a matter of if he stays healthy, which is a huge if. And then in terms of the rushing attack, David Johnson is looking like a solid like RB3, RB4, uh, 19 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. He also had 12 yards receiving. He's he's definitely a bell cow, but he's just not a bell cow I'm excited to own necessarily. Um, and then the tight end, Darren Fells, had his usual boom game. He always has one or two of these a year. Six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. I don't necessarily expect that con- to continue. Again, every year there's a, a game like this for Fells. Yeah, it's good to see Deshaun actually do something. It just sucks that he's got no defense behind him and he drops those numbers for a loss. David Johnson, he's interesting. Uh, I just don't like that three yards a carry uh, average. Um, Duke Johnson has been obsolete. He's not. He hasn't been there. But Will Fuller, he's very. He stepped up a lot and. Watson said if he stays healthy, he's on the field. He's going to be the wide receiver one. He's showing out so far. 
him and Watson have that connection. It's just if Will Fuller can stay healthy, we'll have to see if he can finish the season. I know a lot of guys probably have him as their flex or wide receiver three, but it can really screw you up if he gets hurt late on. Uh, usually what happens with him, Brandon Cooks is, very, is stepping up a lot. He's looking like almost like a fringe wide receiver three. Um, and then Darren Fells, like you said, he always has one or two of those games. I expect another one, but you just can't predict it. But other than that, there's no one else I'm interested in fantasy-wise. Yeah, me neither. So uh, we're going to go to the next game. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers laying an ass-whooping on the Cleveland Browns, 38-7. Uh, to 7. This game wasn't close from the start. Uh, right away, the game was over within the first 10 minutes. Uh, big Ben didn't have a big game because he didn't really need to. James Conner was good, 101 yards and a touchdown, 20 carries, so not much uh, threatening there from Benny Snell. Um, let's see, we've got Chase, Chase Claypool, another touchdown on a rush. He also led their receiving core, four catches, 74 yards. Uh, I am expecting Deontay Johnson to be back this week. I'm actually very interested to see how Claypool's role will change with Deontay Johnson, or if it'll change. That's something I'm definitely going to be monitoring. The biggest news from the Steelers, I think, was Juju Smith-Schuster having another really bad game, two catches, six yards. Something's going on here. I don't necessarily know what it is, but he is not looking like the Juju of old. Yeah, so I, as a Juju owner in one of my leagues, I, I was getting frustrated, so I just looked some things up about him, and they said that he what they're doing right now like Steelers fans are saying what they see is they're putting Juju in the slot and he's opening things up for guys like James Washington and Chase Claypool kind of be being like a a team player he's opening things up he's making the attention on him so things open up um I just I I mean I I don't see him go two receptions six yards all season I think once Deontay Johnson comes back there's just going to be too many people looking uh over at Johnson and Smith. I mean, they're not Smith will eventually have a game where you're just like, okay, he's looking like Juju again. I think once Johnson comes back, James Washington's going to be almost non-existent and Claypool, uh it, it's it's a toss-up with Claypool. You don't know what you're going to get. Um it looks like they like him on these like end-arounds and stuff in the red zone. So, I think it'll be interesting. James Conner He's uh, been very solid in fantasy so far. He's averaging, I think that's like his third straight touchdown, something like that. I think he's got three or four. He, he's he's doing pretty good. Um, and then Big Ben has been Big Ben, but he, had, he <laughs> didn't really need to do much. That defense is crazy. I mean, Baker was looked awful. He, he It's just crazy to see that Baker can look like a franchise quarterback and then next the next week look like a backup. Yeah, I, I was just kind of about to mention Baker. He looked really bad. His ribs were hurt, so I don't know. He He's just someone that you have to depend on the matchup, whether or not to play him. I would not play him against good defense. Absolutely not. Case Keenum did come in. I wonder if there's going to be a little QB controversy there. Case Keenum, you know, was Kevin Stefanski as his OC back in 2017. He took the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game. So you got to wonder a little bit if Stefanski is going to look to Keenum. Just because, like, Keenum won't lose you the game. You know, he'll keep you in it. He's kind of like a Nick Foles type of guy. But in terms of their skill position players for the Browns, Kareem Hunt didn't do a ton. Uh, he was really bottled up. Again, it's a tough matchup. The Steelers' defense might be the best in the league. Um, and then the receivers, Odell and Jarvis, both didn't do much. Again, it, it's a tough matchup, and it's probably the best defense in the league. So uh, I don't think there's a ton to say here about the Browns. No one really looked good. Yeah, no, they looked bad. I mean, uh, I think there there should be a QB controversy in uh, Cleveland right now. I mean, you, you have a potential – playoff team with a great ground game and a, a defense that'll keep you in it for the most part but if you don't got a quarterback you're not making the playoffs I mean they're still four and two I think if you're gonna pull the plug on Baker it's gonna be soon um that's a good point with Stefanski and Keenum they have that connection and usually when you see connections like that you saw it with the Bears and stuff uh teams and coaches are very uh they're they're ready to do it fast and they just need a need an excuse so I mean, might be coming soon. Yeah, I, I think it will be. So let's go to the next one. We've got the Baltimore Ravens winning 30-28 to 28 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Baltimore, uh, Lamar is still Lamar. Uh, in terms of the backfield, Gus Edwards somehow led it with 14 carries. Mark Ingram only had five. J.K. Dobbins had nine. 
I don't understand why Gus Edwards at 1.9 yards per carry is getting 14 uh, carries when J.K. Dobbins is, you know, turning out 3.1 yards per carry in this game. I, I don't understand it. I think Dobbins is such a better player. What I'm interested to see is after the Ravens' bye week that's coming up here, I wonder if Dobbins is going to be increased in the role. That's what we're seeing a lot. I think because of the limited offseason, a lot of the rookies were struggling to get ready with the offense and all that. Something like Chase Claypool kind of with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then after the bye week, they kind of exploded. So I'm going to be looking to see if Dobbins is available in my leagues. I've been saying it for a while. I think Dobbins will take that role. I, I really do. So that's something to watch. In terms of the Ravens receivers, Marquise Brown, not a huge day, but pretty good considering he had a Darius Slay shadow the whole game. Four catches, 57 yards. It's better than a lot of guys do against Slay. And then Mark Andrews is pretty disappointing. Uh, Two catches, 21 yards. He's looking like kind of a boomer bust play. He either finishes in the top two or three of tight ends, or he's not doing much. Yeah, Andrews, that's perfectly said. I mean, He's boomer bust. I have him in one of my leagues, and he either does good or he doesn't. And honestly, those type of games can cost you. Lamar, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, kind of a, just a Lamar game on the ground. And then it's interesting to see Gus Edwards with the 14 carries. And I, I honestly, I'm in the middle. It's a toss up with J.K. Dobbins. I think the only reason, the only way he becomes like a RB one, RB two in that offense, is if Gus Edwards or Ingram goes down. And I think. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what Harbaugh's up to. Uh, they could be saving them for later in the season for like a playoff push. We'll have to see. Uh, Brown. I, it's just I want to see this wide receiver core like Brown and Andrews really break out every every week. Uh, like Nick Boyle vultured that touchdown from Andrews. It's just stuff like that. You you just as a fantasy owner of these guys, you just want to see uh, Brown and uh, Andrews have these have these boom games almost every week, but it just, just doesn't work out like that. Yeah, it just isn't working out so far with those guys. It's just kind of a toss-up of, of what their production is going to be each week. In terms of the Eagles, Carson Wentz had honestly a really good game against a tough defense. Uh, they're, his O-line is non-existent. Four starters are out. He has one starter left on the entire line. Miles Sanders went out. Zach Ertz went out. He was he was down to his third string tight end, which was I think Richard Rodgers, if I remember correctly, and then Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, and John Hightower were his receivers, and then he had Boston Scott in his backfield. I I don't understand how this is even possible, but it, it just keeps happening. The Eagles, but Carson Wentz was good. Two two hundred and thirteen yards, two touchdowns. He added forty nine yards on the ground in a touchdown. Again, it was that rushing floor we were talking about a couple weeks ago. He's making himself a solid play because his his rushing floor is keeping up. Uh, Miles Sanders had a nice day, nine carries, one hundred eighteen yards until he got hurt. Looks like he's going to be out this week, possibly next week. It depends. I honestly, I'm kind of expecting him to play next week so they're playing thursday night against the giants i don't he won't play they already said he was not playing that week i think that week eight against the cowboys he's gonna play because that division like they need that win against the cowboys they have to win that game and i i would be a little surprised if sanders wasn't able to suit up even if he's kind of hobbled i think he'll still suit up with them having no weapons to speak of of any kind and then in terms of receivers, Travis Fulgham had another big day, six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown and 10 targets. He might be the real deal, to be honest. Uh, there's no one else for runs to throw to. And then Zachers is kind of disappointing, but he did leave with an injury. He's going to be out three or four weeks. Yeah, Fulgham, I mean, he did this against Baltimore, too, with, like, Marcus Peterson, uh, Marlon Humphrey. So, I mean, a lot of, not a lot of guys were doing that this year against that secondary. So maybe Fulgham could be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two in that offense. Uh, I, I still expect when Jeffrey comes back to kind of take over a role. He He's too talented not to. And uh, the the Eagles are down to Jason Kroom at tight end. So, I mean, that just speaks. And if Wentz is still putting up numbers like this in fantasy, I mean, you got to scoop him up for the. If you look at his back half matchups, they're way too good for not to not scoop up. I know a lot of people are releasing him and letting him go just because a lot of people are blaming him for his interceptions and the turnovers and his production, but it's really not all him. And if he could do this with, like, I mean, Travis Fulgham, Richard Rodgers, and John Hightower, imagine when he gets to Sean Rieger, 
Ertz, Goddard, all those guys and Sanders are coming back. I mean, they're coming back in the later half of the season. So if you're making a, pu- a playoff push or in the playoffs, you got to scoop up ones. Because I expect a lot a lot of fantasy production when he has a, a healthy uh, offensive uh, core. Yeah, from what I know, I think Deshaun might be back for Week 8 against Cowboys. I think Jeffries should be back Week 8 against Cowboys. And I think Goddard is looking about like a Week 10 return. So... And, and Sanders should be back soon as well. So that's something to keep in mind. In terms of the next game, it was a pretty big stinker. Uh, the Giants won 20-19 to over the Washington football team. I mean, this is one of the biggest tank for, tank for Trevor games of the year. It's just both teams probably trying to lose. Uh, we've got the Giants. Daniel Jones is nothing really. Uh, he had 74 yards rushing, which is good, but I don't really have anything else to say about him. Devonta Freeman didn't do much. Darius Slayton did catch a touchdown. He had 41 yards on two catches, uh, but he did get hurt after he caught that touchdown, so he's just kind of used as a decoy the rest of the game. He messed up his hamstring. I'm not sure how severe we'll see with his practice schedule this week. And then in terms of Washington, Terry McLaurin was fine. 12 targets, 7 catches, 74 yards. Uh, Kyle Allen definitely looked his way quite a bit. And then in terms of the running backs, Antonio Gibson is still kind of waiting for that breakout. Uh, he didn't have a bad day, but not great either. And then J.D. McKissick is still uh, kind of taking carries away from Gibson. But I don't think either of those guys are necessarily people I would start each week. I think the only guy here for Washington is going to be uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I actually uh, found something interesting on McLaurin. He has seen a shadow of... Darius Slay, Jalen Ramsey, James Bradbury, uh, Marcus, I think Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey. I mean, and this guy's on pace for about 98 catches and 1,200 yards. And his his back half and the rest of the season, honestly, it just gets better. The matchups get better. He's leading the team in receptions, yards, targets. The touchdowns will come. Uh, Kyle Allen, we saw it in uh, – in uh, Carolina, he he just glued onto a guy and he just hit him all the time. I think I can see this with Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's gonna happen. Uh, he's gonna he's he's a very good, talented player. Uh, and then with Antonio Gibson, I'm just waiting for a boom game. But honestly, a guy that's interesting that I think we should talk about on the waiver wire is gonna be J.D. McKissick. Uh, he he's kind of just been that dump off and getting some random carries, but he might have a breakout game here soon. And then the Giants, I'm not interested in anyone. I mean, Freeman's got the volume. They just have a really bad O-line, and they just can't get in the red zone either. And when they do, it's either a turnover or they settle for a field goal. But other than that, there's not nothing really fantasy appealing for both teams. Yeah, so we'll just move to the next one. There isn't much to talk about with that one. So uh, we've got the Falcons getting their first win of the season, 40-23 to over the Minnesota Vikings. I'm still shocked the way this game played out. I thought for sure the Vikings were going to win this one. Uh, it is bizarre how bad Kirk Cousins was to start the game. He had ended up with a good fantasy day. To honestly, he had 343 yards, three touchdowns. He threw three picks. The issue was that after he threw those three picks, the game was over because he didn't have any of those touchdowns yet. He threw those three interceptions in the first half, and the game was just lost. Alexander Madison had one of the biggest uh, disappointing games of the year. He should have been a complete chalk, uh, big production day. He only had 26 yards rushing. That was it. It it really was just game script. They got behind so quick because of Cousins' interceptions uh, that they they were down by three scores almost instantly, and, and you can't really run the ball when you're down that much. Justin Jefferson had a huge day, 166 yards, two touchdowns. He's looking like a guy that is going to be producing every good matchup, really. I, I don't see them. He's not really producing in, in bad matchups or when it's not a super friendly game script. But when they get behind, he's just he gets loaded with targets. So that's good if you're an owner. Adam Thielen saved his day with a late touchdown. He had three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Irv Smith is someone that's a little interesting. We'll talk about him a little bit on the waiver wire. He had 55 yards receiving on four catches. Uh, he also had five targets, so uh, those guys are a little interesting. Dalvin's going to be back after this bye week, so uh, I think that the the Vikings offense, really the only guys you need to know are maybe Kirk if you're in a two-quarterback league, Dalvin, Adam Thielen, 
Justin Jefferson, and Irv Smith. And that's about it. Yeah, Jefferson, he's kind of hit or miss. You're either going to have a very good game from him or just pretty average at best. Thielen, he's looking like he might lead the league in touchdown receptions this year. He's just It looks like he's averaging almost a touchdown a game. Cousins, uh, he's just he's probably one of the weirdest fantasy quarterbacks I've seen. I mean, he I he was 0 for 3 on pit, or touchdowns, interceptions, and then he finishes the game with three touchdowns and 343 yards. He honestly probably should have had five touchdowns against his Falcons secondary. Uh, but my guy, Matt Ryan, that that's why I love the guy. Look at the, that stat line, 30 for 40, 371 and four touchdowns. I mean, he's just going to have these games out of nowhere. And it's pretty, it's pretty satisfying to see. He just, if it's, whenever it's a shootout, Matt Ryan is, he, he comes to play and he's just doing his thing. Uh, Gurley really didn't do much at all. 20 carries, 47 yards. Uh, other than that, no one else uh, in the rushing category, but Julio's back, uh, eight receptions, 137 yards and two touchdowns. Hayden Hurst caught a late touchdown and so did Ridley. Uh, not a late touchdown, but really caught, Ridley caught a touchdown, six receptions, 61 yards. Um, this is kind of like a Falcons game at best. I mean, when they're it's a shootout, these guys are all going to show up to play. Uh, what do you got to say about the Falcons, Ben? I mean, Matt Ryan, I, I actually had him in my rankings about six ahead of the uh, expert consensus. Everyone had him around quarterback 14. I had him all the way up at, I think, quarterback 8, maybe quarterback 7. I really liked him this week, and he produced. Uh, that was great to see. And then, yeah, Julio is back. So I, I think that when Julio was hurt and when he didn't play, that caused a lot of problems for Matt Ryan. That's when his production went down. Now that Julio's back and healthy, Matt Ryan, you need to play every single week. Uh, it's pretty simple. And then Calvin Ridley is just still a beast. He's just consistent producing he had that one bad week against the Packers but ever since then he's just putting up points um you know I don't have anything much more to say uh let's move into the next one we've got the Detroit Lions winning 34 to 16 over Jacksonville Jaguars we finally had the DeAndre Swift breakout they finally used him again it was a rookie coming in a big game after a bye I really think that a lot of without the preseason a lot of the rookies weren't comfortable I think after the bye week they're getting them comfortable and they're just going to start using them uh DeAndre Swift I think is going to have some value to the rest of the season they really let him lead that backfield Adrian Peterson still did get 15 carries but I mean he averaged 2.7 yards per carry DeAndre Swift had 14 and averaged 8.3 I think that speaks enough and then in terms of the receivers, Kenny Galladay is back, 105 yards, four catches. That's what you like to see. Um, and then Hawkinson caught a touchdown, which was nice. He actually should have had two. Matt, uh, Matt Stafford missed him wide open in the end zone earlier in the game, but uh, he did end up still saving his day with that touchdown. Even though he had two catches, he still had five targets. That's the second highest target count right behind Kenny Galladay. Hawkinson is still someone that I think you can play each week as a tight end one. I think he's still going to continue producing. I think that he will uh, keep getting his yardage to go up. I think even though he's getting kind of just goal line touchdowns right now, I think they're going to start using him a little more. Uh, in terms of the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew didn't really play that well, but for fantasy, still put up like 19 points, which is good in a two-quarterback league. He had a rushing touchdown, which was nice. Uh, James Robinson... Didn't really do much. He got that late receiving touchdown, which kind of saved his day. Uh, Keelan Cole had a huge day. Nine targets, six catches, 143 yards. His production is just kind of random, hard to predict. Uh, but I think the biggest name here in the receiving core is going to be DJ Chark. He only had seven catches for 45 yards, but he had 14 targets, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot, lot of targets. So even though his production isn't necessarily there, I kind of like him as a trade target right now. Yeah, I think it'll come. I mean, it's fantasy players when they're on a bad team, it's perfect because they're always going to be playing from behind. I mean, James Robinson, I think we've kind of seen his ceiling. I don't really expect much more from him. I don't think you're going to have like a three touchdown game. Minshew, he's got a good upcoming schedule and the volumes there. So he's interesting as like a trade piece. Uh, but Keelan Cole, like you said, said it best. I mean, it's pretty random, his production. He's either going to have a game like this or he's going to have two receptions for about 15 yards. But Chark with 14 targets, I mean, that's they're obviously looking his way, and it'll come. And I don't really see anyone else 
second better, best better than him. I mean, Chenault, he's not that very good. And Keelan Cole, just random production. Uh, the Lions, I mean, DeAndre Swift, he's going to – that that backfield, I mean, Adrian Peterson's like 35 years old. They're not going to give him 20, 23 carries a game. They're going to shift it over to Swift. And Swift's very shaky. He's very good in the open field. And they'll also get him involved in the pass game, which you won't get from Adrian Peterson. And it's good to see Kenny Galladay healthy and back. I mean, that connection, we've been talking about it all all offseason. It's just Stafford loves to air it out, and this is, was a perfect game for him to do it. He just didn't really have the stat line. Um, that's all I got to say about the this game. Yeah, so let's just move into the next one. We've got the Chicago Bears winning 23-16 to over the Carolina Panthers. In terms of the Bears, uh, for fantasy, I don't think Nick Foles is very relevant. Even in a two-quarterback, I really wouldn't be starting him at all. I think there are better options. Uh, in terms of rushing, Dave Montgomery had season-high 19 carries, uh, 58 yards on the ground. He should have had a touchdown. He was literally like a quarter of a yard short. Uh, it was super close on the goal line. They actually called it a touchdown on the field, reversed it. But he also had five targets, four catches, 39 yards. He has having good production. If he, I mean, if he had gotten in the end zone, he would have had an 18-point day and half PPR. So Dave Montgomery is still having good good production. He's a solid like RB2, RB3. In terms of receivers, Allen Robinson didn't have a huge day. Five catches, 53 yards. Um, you know, not nothing huge. Jimmy Graham, it's kind of like what I was talking about before. He's very touchdown dependent. He did have eight targets, five catches, 34 yards, but he didn't get in the end zone, and, and he's not getting the yardage to make him an every week play when you're not depending on the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, one thing I got to say about Allen Robinson is he's leading the league right now in target share. Uh, they just, both Mitch and Foles look, look his way all the time. I mean, now that it's Foles, it looks like it hasn't changed. He's definitely a top five option or a top five wide receiver in the league, and I just hope the Bears extend him. Montgomery, it's it was great to see that there wasn't any trickery. They just ran with Montgomery. I mean, they gave Patterson a one carry, but it's just good to see that Montgomery was the lead back, getting over 20 touches. I mean, that's what you want to see as a fantasy owner. And honestly, he should have had a touchdown. And they just, I w- would love to see a game like this every week with Montgomery. I think he deserves it, especially with the offense, how anemic it is. I mean, Foles doesn't look any better than Mitch. I mean, they, he makes a couple more throws than Mitch would, but it, it's the offense is just bad. The run game is really bad. The amount of times Montgomery got stuffed in the backfield before anything could even open up is just, I, could, I couldn't even count how many times that happened. It just happened way too much. They don't have a good run game. Um, but that could have been Juan Castillo wasn't there. Uh, he was on like a g- little quarantine. Maybe things change up against the Rams. Uh, but I think that game's going to be uh, pretty low scoring too because the Rams don't look too good either. Yeah, that game is definitely going to be uh, on the underwatch depending on what the, the line is set at. But for the Panthers... Teddy Bridgewater struggled against this really good Bears defense. Uh, he's still, I think he's still a good quarterback, too. It's a tough matchup. He's not really going to see a defense this good for a little while. Um, in terms of their running backs, Mike Davis, he kind of saved his day with a touchdown. He only had 52 yards on the ground. It's a tough defense, like I said. Uh, he really struggled to get open in the pass game. He wasn't utilized at all. He only had two catches for three yards, but... Also, he was, I mean, Roquan Smith was guarding him every single time he was out of the backfield. He's one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. It's just uh, overall just bad matchup for uh, Mike Davis. In terms of the receivers, DJ Moore finally had a huge day. 11 targets, 5 catches, 93 yards. I mean, we have been waiting for this for a while. He finally out-targeted Robbie Anderson, who only had 4 catches for 77 yards. Uh, I think that DJ Moore is going to start, you know, producing like you drafted him to, and, and I'm I would be excited for DJ Moore here in the second half of the season. Yeah, Moore actually should have had seven receptions for about 130 yards and a touchdown. He had two drops. It was kind of shitty to see as a DJ Moore owner, uh, but Teddy was looking his way a lot, and it was it was very good to see and. Moore was breaking free from both Fuller and Johnson, which is very positive because I think they're probably the two best corners in the league or two best duo corners in the league. Uh, Fuller and Johnson are playing on another level. They're locking up every wide receiver they get. 
But DJ Moore had a had a ball in the end zone that he's catching probably eight times out of ten. Um, Robbie Anderson was a Robbie Anderson game. I mean, he had a couple where he broke free, and he, that that duo is looking pretty solid. And it'll just things will open up for DJ Moore once CMC comes back. Davis, uh, like you said, with Roquan, he's one of the fastest sideline the sideline linebackers in the league, and he just kept with Davis on every pass route. And that run de- defense, I mean, 18 carries on 52 yards and a touchdown, that's that's probably the best you're going to get from that run defense. The Bears' front seven is probably the best in the league. Um, other than that, uh, I think DJ Moore, his production will just keep going up. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the last game of the noon slate was the Colts winning 31-27 to over the Bengals. Uh, the Colts, Phillip Rivers had a pretty nice day, but I th- I still wouldn't really be playing him as a QB2. He's more of a QB3, uh, someone you might fire up if there's a bye week issue. Jonathan Taylor had 12 carries, 60 yards, 4 catches, 55 yards. He just isn't finding the end zone right now, but I think the production is there, the volume is there, especially for a rookie. Uh, he's doing fine. Trey Burton had a rushing touchdown that kind of vultured from Jonathan Taylor, so uh, I think Jonathan Taylor's going to pick up here after the bye week again. It's a rookie coming off the bye. I would be excited for Taylor after this week. Um, in terms of the receivers, somehow Marcus Johnson led the receiver core five catches, 108. Maybe we'll talk about him a little on the waivers. I don't know. I think it's kind of just a random game, though. Trey Burton had a big day, four catches, 58 yards, a touchdown. He also had that rushing touchdown. So, He's someone to know if if uh, Mola Ali Cox is going to be out next week. I think he's someone you have to know because Rivers just throws so much to his tight ends, and, and he fits in that system. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton, I think he's dead. Uh, one catch, 11 yards. We kind of said this before the season that T.Y., he's old. Uh, he isn't what he once was, and him and Rivers just probably weren't going to work. Uh, that's looking like that's the case. Yeah, the guy that I think works best with Rivers in that uh, wide receiver role is Zach Pascal. I think that's just kind of prime Rivers right there. Uh, but I had mentioned Trey Burton last week. It's good to see him with the two touchdowns. Uh, and if Mo Ali Cox stays out, he's definitely an option. He's probably on a lot of people's waivers. Uh, the thing with Jonathan Taylor here, with that game, it's kind of like an outlier. They were down, I think it was like, what, 21 to nothing, 24 to nothing before half. This game looked like it was out of reach. And they Rivers somehow led that comeback, and the defense showed up. Um, so that's why Jonathan Taylor really didn't get that much production on the ground because, like I said, they were playing from behind very early on. Uh, to move on to the Bengals, Burrow, two fit, or 25 uh, completions to 39 attempts, uh, 313 yards and a pick. Um, it's ac- honestly not a horrible game. It was actually a pretty solid game against that Colts defense. They've been very tough. I uh, would just like to see maybe a touchdown or two out of him. Joe Mixon left this game in the first half, but before that he had 18 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Teller Boyd had an end around, and then Giovanni Bernard, I think he's going to be interesting. We could talk about him on the waiver, depending on Joe Mixon's status, but I don't expect him to really be missing much time. Then Burrow added a touchdown on the ground. Wide receiver core, T. Higgins, if you don't have him yet, you got to pick him up. He's looking like the real deal. And then somehow A.J. Green came alive with eight receptions, 96 yards, I guess. Maybe uh, the, the whole trade me rumor thing got him fired up. and <laughs> But I, I still don't really have much belief in A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd, five receptions, 54 yards, not too bad. Uh, but T. Higgins is looking like he's the real deal, and he can be a, a wide receiver three option, honestly. He's looking like he can have wide receiver two potential as well. He's, he's looking very good, and Burrow's looking his way a lot. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Burrow, I think, looked good against a pretty rough defense. So Mixon, he did get hurt in the first half, but he did come back in the game. So I think that there shouldn't be any concern um, going forward here. I think he should be good to go. In terms of the receivers, T. Higgins, like you said, if you're if he's not owned in your league, you got to scoop him up. I mean, he's has a really good connection with Joe Burrow. A.J. Green woke up. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened here. I kind of thought him his time in Cincy was probably done. He was very frustrated. But they smoothed it over. They got him his targets, so maybe he's happy now. I don't know. And then Tyler Boyd, he wasn't bad. You know, 54 yards, five catches, that's fine. Uh, he's going to have some better days with touchdowns and things like that. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's a ton left here for the Bengals. Let's go into probably the worst game of the weekend. We had the Dolphins winning 24-0 over the Jets. 
this game was insane because they didn't even have a third down conversion. Either team didn't have a third down conversion until the fourth quarter. They were 0 for 19 combined on third down in this game. It was horrible. This is one of the worst games I've watched in a long time. Uh, the only fantasy-relevant player on the Jets, honestly, is Jamison Crowder. He had 13 targets, 7 catches, 48 yards. Uh, he could have had a little more. He had a couple drops. Uh, Frank Gore may be relevant if you have a super deep league, but there's really no upside there. Uh, in terms of the Dolphins, it's kind of interesting. Today it was announced that uh, Tua Tagovailoa will start after the bye week. This up After their week 7 bye, week 8, uh, Tua will start. So if you're in a two-quarterback league, you should probably be picking up two off waivers. Uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he's playing pretty well, he's just kind of dead now. Uh in terms of the rushing attack, Miles Gaskin had another good day, 18 carries, uh, 91 yards. When Jordan Howard doesn't play, I think Gaskin has a lot of upside as a play because, uh, you know, he'll have the goal line stuff that usually go to Howard, and they just keep making Howard a healthy scratch, which is kind of ridiculous considering he's the eighth highest paid running back in the league right now, but uh, they just decide that he has nothing left, I guess. Uh, in terms of the receiving core, uh, the old uh, baby Gronk from the Bears that was uh, supposed to be a star, he had three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Adam Shaheen, uh, I think that's probably the best game of his career. That's better than he played in any game with the Bears in his like three or four years here, uh, which is kind of funny to see. Devontae Parker had a pretty quiet day, and then Preston Williams is still very touchdown dependent. Um, he had 18 yards, but he did get that touchdown, so... There's not a ton here for the Dolphins, but uh, at least they aren't the Jets. Yeah, I mean, Adam Shaheen's defense, he was the leading receiver in 2017 with Kendall Wright and Dontrell Inman and uh, <laughs> some Deontay Thompson. But uh, I think I don't really look at anyone on this <clears throat> receiving core right now because anything can change with Tua. I mean, his favorite receiver could be, damn, Preston Smith or jakeem grant it could be anyone it, maybe shaheen like you never know like when quarterback when it gets switched like that you don't know who's going to be his favorite target uh, my guess honestly is going to probably probably be i would say jakeem grant <clears throat> excuse me just because he's probably working with them a lot on the on the second stringers and stuff Devonte parker and preston williams are obviously out there with the first stringers i think he's gonna have a pretty good connection with jakeem grant and maybe maybe even Shaheen as well because that's another backup to Jaseki. But I think Jaseki was like non, uh, he was non-existent. He he dropped the goose egg, and I think he's going to be interesting too. Uh, you never know with Tua what's going to happen. We, we're going to have to monitor that. With the Jets, there's nothing to talk about. I mean, maybe Jamison Crowder, PPR wise. I mean, he's dropping some numbers. He's getting he's leading the team in targets and everything. But it's still the Jets. I mean. They're, I, I don't think this is the last goose egg they have this year. Um, I think, honestly, they're just going to ride out Gase. They want to go 0-16 and get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I, I, there's no one on that team besides maybe Jamison Crowder that's fantasy relevant because he's just too touchdown dependent. Um, they're, they're just bad, really bad. Yeah, they're, they're so bad, really. Like, I know I've told you this. They're so bad to the point where I really think that Trevor Lawrence will tell the Jets that he's not going to play for them. I think it's going to be an Eli Manning or John Elway situation. I don't see any reason that Lawrence should go to the Jets, but that's another story for another day. Uh, the Packers lost 38-10 to to the Tampa Bucks. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers really struggled. Uh, he got pressured, and he got pressured often. Uh, he really, really struggled after those two early interceptions. He seemed to just kind of bail on the game. The whole Packers offense, honestly, just seemed to quit. It, it was pretty bizarre. After they the just got down too. by, like, yeah, their whole team, the second they got punched in the mouth by the Bucks, just, like, after the pick six, that first one, they were still up 10-7. to seven. They just seemed to quit. It, it was one of the weirdest games I've seen in a while. Uh, Aaron Jones didn't do much. 10 carries, 15 yards. He did save his day with a touchdown. Uh, he's pretty touch on a pendant but he has these random boom games i don't know aaron jones is a weird fantasy player uh Devontae adams six catches 61 yards on 10 targets he'll have some bigger days uh and then aaron Rodgers, you know 160 no touchdowns two picks again he just seemed to quit uh i don't know what was up with that but i i'd expect a bounce back here because he's got a pretty easy schedule coming up 
Uh, in terms of the Bucks, Tom Brady, he actually was pretty good. Only had 166 yards and two touchdowns, though. Almost all that production came in just the second quarter because he just didn't need to do anything. Because, like I said, the Packers just quit, and they were up by three, four scores. So basically the game script just completely took Brady out of it. Uh, and, and that kind of sucks for fantasy owners, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. I would expect him to attempt more than 27 passes next week against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think Brady will be just fine in fantasy. It's just the way game script can go sometimes. Uh, Ronald Jones had a huge day, 23 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns, 4.9 yards per carry, which is great. I uh, also, I didn't see many drops. I don't think, yeah, he had no drops out of the passing game. He had two catches, which is nice. Uh, in terms of the receiving core, Rob Gronkowski finally broke out. Five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Godwin had a nice day to get you know back in rhythm. Uh, five catches, 48 yards on seven targets. Mike Evans was pretty horrible. I think he's extremely touchdown dependent right now. I really would not want to own Mike Evans. Um, but, Anthony, what do you think about this game as a whole? I actually got a lot to say about this game. I watched it because there's some a lot of fantasy value on both teams. And Rodgers, he just looked bad. I mean, he he just uh, he did not look like Rodgers. Aaron Jones did not. He was getting stuffed in the back. I mean, that front seven's pretty tough. Um, but he's very touchdown dependent. He did save his day with that touchdown. Adams looked uh, probably the only competent receiver. And what the announcers were saying, Joe Buck and Aikman, were that frankly the Packers just whiffed. They they thought Rodgers was just going to be this old bum. They got Jordan Love coming in. Jordan Love's not even the backup right now. I mean, they should have drafted a playmaker for Rodgers. Uh, and this team would be 5-0, and and Rodgers would just be that much better. You can't just solely rely on Devontae Adams. I mean, they completely whiffed on that. And what I got to say about the Bucks is Brady, he he's going to have better days and better than even this. And he, like you say, he didn't really have to do much. Uh, because they were up so fast, it was like that. Like I, when I was watching the game, the next thing I know, the Bucks are up like twenty-four to ten. I'm like, holy shit! Uh, Ronald Jones, I honestly think he should be starting every week, even with Fournette. He, the the way his bursts and everything, the way he hits holes is insane. He's good at the goal line. He's good in the red zone. They just need to start him every week. Um, and I mean, if they do split split with Fournette, even though Fournette was active, he didn't get a touch, so maybe his ankle's still bothering him. Fournette well, wasn't active. He was inactive. Yeah, he okay. was inactive. He didn't play. Okay, so I mean, even if he's active, they need to just play Jones every week. Um, but with Gronk and Godwin, I think Gronk, Godwin, and Brady are just going to be a trio. Uh, what I with Gronk, Brady was looking his way a lot, and he, I mean, he led the team in targets. And the thing, the whole thing with Brady was him really learning the offense. And that's the same for Gronk. They've both been saying it every week. They they talk about it in the pregame. They're both just learning the offense. I think they're finally getting their feet wet. And I think they'll just resume that connection. Godwin's going to get involved a lot, the short game stuff. I mean, Brady doesn't like to air it out that much. And when he does, he was really looking Scotty Miller's way with that deep stuff. And I think Evans is going to be kind of filtered out. I mean, there's just too many guys there. And I don't think Evans is, I mean, in the red zone possibly. But I think Gronk's going to eat up a lot of that, especially with no OJ OJ Howard. I mean, this is going to be very interesting to see. But I think Godwin, Gronk, and Brady could be a a duo or a trio going down this uh, last half of the season. And their last four matchups are probably some of the best in fantasy. Yeah, they're incredible. I think they. I want to say they get the Lions and the Jaguars and um, Miami. Miami, yeah. So I think it, Minnesota it's looking they get really, really good late too. Yeah, I think you're right. So those matchups are looking really good. I've been really liking Tom Brady in the couple leagues I have him, even though his production isn't necessarily there yet. He's still the overall QB seven, and I mean he's gonna produce to end the year. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, let's go into the Sunday night football game. We had the San Francisco 49ers 24 to 16 over Los Angeles Rams. In terms of the Rams, Jared Goff didn't look great. It's kind of the usual when he plays a good defense, he kind of shrivels up. Uh, he's kind of a guy you can only play against a really good matchup. Otherwise, he just really struggles. Daryl Henderson is still the lead back in that uh, offense. He had 14 carries, 88 yards. Cam Akers didn't even have a snap in the first half. I don't understand that at all because it really looked like Cam Akers was going to take over that backfield last week. 
and then he didn't even have a single carry in this game. So that's just Sean McVay for you. I don't. I, I really don't have an explanation for it. Tyler Higby kind of bounced back. Three catches, 56 yards. Uh, Robert Woods saved his day with a touchdown. Four catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. He still had 10 targets. He's consistently getting like 12 points and half PPR. So uh, he's looking like one of the most consistent guys you can have in your lineup. And then Cooper Cup had a huge stinker of a game. Uh, three catches, only 11 yards. He did have nine targets, but... Jared Goff just wasn't good in this game, and I don't think he'll be good next week either. He, in his two matchups against the Bears, he has looked awful. Um, so I, I wouldn't be excited to start Jared Goff next week at all. Yeah, I mean, Goff, this this offense has turned into a run-heavy offense just because they don't really trust trust Goff that much. Uh, he's just been... Re- he, he He's so hit or miss. I mean, he, he could drop... That offensive line is very bad. Yeah. But Henderson, to move on to Henderson, I mean, Goff is Goff. We all know who he is as a quarterback. But Henderson's very springy. He, he's got some juice to him, and he, he can break some runs. And when he does, I mean, he in open field, he's gone. Um, but it's very surprising to not see Cam Akers. I was seeing him go pretty high, or seeing him go pretty high in drafts because people thought that's his backfield. They drafted him for a reason, but guess McVay thinks otherwise, and he's really trying to get what he can out of Henderson because they also did draft him pretty high for a running back uh, two years ago. Um, but Higby, uh, sort of alive. Josh Reynolds got a touchdown. He's not really fantasy re- relevant. But Robert Woods, I mean, even though he only had 29 yards, he had 10 targets. That's probably mostly on golf, too, missing him on some stuff. But he he's honestly been probably one of the most consistent like wide receiver two, wide receiver threes uh this year i mean he he's kind of been that's kind of what he's been averaging like four catches five catches for about 60 70 yards or if he doesn't get 60 70 yards he's getting about 40 and a touchdown that's that's solid that's consistency um cup he also had nine targets but he only had three catches he also dropped one in the end zone so that was that could have saved his day but they just looked bad they just i mean there, I, I think next week where with the Bears on Monday Night Football, it, it could be an ass whooping. Uh, but it's it's like we st- stated, two shitty offenses going against each other. So we'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy G kind of bounced back. 268 and three touchdowns, no picks. What's interesting, did you know that Jimmy G is last among all starters in the NFL in air yards? So literally, almost all of his passes with those last weapons week and too. this I entire mean, season, sense. he's just throwing it behind the line of scrimmage every single time. All pretty much. Debo Samuel had a nice day. I'm not saying he didn't. He had six catches, six six yards, and a touchdown. Almost all of those came on little pop passes or screens. Jimmy G just isn't throwing the ball downfield at all. Kyle Shanahan, I really think he's just that good that he's manufacturing 24 points with a, a quarterback that isn't good. I don't think Jimmy G is very good. He's just thrown behind the line of scrimmage every time. But uh, George Kittle had a nice day. That's what you draft him to do, 109 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets, 7 catches. That's good. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a touchdown. Raheem Mostert had a, was having a good day, but he did get hurt. He is going on IR for a uh, second time now, which kind of sucks. He'll be out at least four weeks now. So the name to know here is still Jarek McKinnon, just like it has been. But also Jamichael Hasty. he opened the year on the practice squad, but uh, Jeffrey Wilson, Tevin Coleman are both hurt. So we've got Jamichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon in this backfield. So I, I think Hasty, you have to own him just like you had to own Jeffrey Wilson uh, a couple weeks ago. But I think McKinnon is still the lead guy here. But other than that, there's not a ton I'm excited about about the San Francisco offense. I, I don't think they're all that great. Yeah, I mean, Hasty, he's a solid option. But if Jeff Wilson's back, I think he'll kind of bump uh, bump him out of the way. McKinnon's the back to own for sure. And when McKinnon starts, he honestly produces pretty well. Mostert's going to be on IR. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. So, I mean, McKinnon, if you don't got him now, just grab him. He'll definitely be like a flex play or an RB2 play. If you don't have an RB2 that's or is on a buy or something. Garoppolo, I mean, uh, I, I just saw he's 7-1 in primetime games. So, I guess guess he shows up when the when the lights are bright but doesn't uh, in regular games. Doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, but George Kittle, I mean... He, he's probably going to be tight end one. He's going to finish his tight end one this year. Seven receptions, 109, and a touchdown. Debo, six receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. 
those are the two guys I'm really looking at, especially Debo. Um, Shanahan loves him. They they use him in a lot of different things, a lot of different ways, and he's just coming back with that uh, that injury, and he's just getting his feet wet. But I I think down the stretch he's gonna have some value to him uh, outside of Kittle. Yeah, definitely. So uh, to go into the next game, we've got the first Monday night football game. We had the Chiefs going twenty six to seventeen over the Bills. Uh, Patrick Mahomes still really isn't producing all that much. I mean, this is this is why I I talked so much and you did as well why you don't draft a quarterback early because even though Mahomes is going to have a couple of huge games like he had 225 two touchdowns good for 20 fantasy points you could get over 20 fantasy points from so many different players this week you I mean Jimmy G had more fantasy points than him and Jimmy G is unowned in almost every single league so you know Mahomes he's going to have big games but the grand majority of games he's not going to have these huge blow-ups uh, in terms of the rushing attack, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 26 carries, 161 yards, huge game. I, I really don't think Le'Veon's coming in here to take this dude's job. I mean, when you have 6.2 yards per carry on 26 carries, uh, your your job's not getting taken away by a old and kind of washed-up Le'Veon Bell. So if you're a CEH owner, I would not be worried. Uh, in terms of the receiving core, Travis Kelsey had a big game again, two touchdowns, 65 yards, five catches. He's kind of just unguardable. Tyree Kill was completely locked up by Trey Davius White, uh, and he didn't do much at all. But other than that, I don't think there's anyone here I'm really interested in. Demarcus Robinson had an okay day, five catches, 69 yards, but I'm not going to pick up Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, no, what I got to say about Mahomes, we have a guy in one of our leagues that drafted him number three. And honestly, that's not pretty uncommon with Mahomes this year. And same with Lamar getting drafted in about the first round, second round. Mahomes, I mean, he, he had a 40-pointer and a 30-pointer. But outside of that, he hasn't broke 30 uh, or even 20. Like, I think his most, let's see, I'm looking here, was 27. And he's had a lot of 20-point games. So outside of that, I mean, he's got good matchups at the end of the season. But you could have gotten so much more out of um, outside of Mahomes, uh, but fancy wise for the Chiefs, uh, it's interesting what you said about uh, Hilaire. Uh, I agree. I, I I picked up Le'Veon in one of my leagues just because you never know. Uh, Andy Reid loves talent, and he if he can get as much as he can, it's like his cheeseburgers. He's gonna get it. Uh, get them. I mean, I think with Bell, I think he's gonna just eat up Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson's um, his carries and and their touches. It's going to be interesting, though, because I don't think they're going to run the ball 26 times with Hilaire every game. I, I, I just want to see what they do with Bell because it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't I think they picked him up just to kind of have him behind. He's not taking over Hilaire's spot, obviously, just to have a backup behind Hilaire. But I, I just want to see how they use him in the past game and everything because I know they used Hilaire, they used Hilaire in the past game. But I, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. It's the Chiefs. Their offense is always fun to watch. Uh, I think, I think the ceiling for Bell is probably RB three, but he could be a could be an every week flex option too if he gets some uh, goal line pass, red zone stuff, or any, anything like that could break one any week. Uh, but Kelsey, I mean, that's a solid, solid game from five receptions, sixty five yards, two touchdowns. Outside of that, Hill got locked, um, but Kelsey's probably Kelsey and Kittle are probably going to finish as tight end they're gonna be fighting for that tight end one spot but that that was kind of predictable with this tight end draft this year yeah it's honestly like a really weak position right now uh it's a lot weaker than in years past but let's go into the final game here we had the arizona cardinals just laying an absolute ass whooping on the dallas cowboys i really would not be surprised if mike mccarthy either doesn't finish the season or he gets fired at the end of just one year i mean it, it is a shit show in dallas uh they are so much worse than they were last year and that doesn't even have to do with Dak. like they are just a horrible team right now uh they they have nothing going for them it, it was painful to watch this cowboys offense at the end of the game they they literally were down 31 to 3 and it took them 18 plays to get down the field and score and it took them seven minutes like that that's unbelievable. Down thirty one to three. Defenses aren't like blitzing or playing tough coverages. They're just playing sky zones, zone cover three, and just waiting and just letting you get as many yards as you want. And it's kind of just like a waste the clock thing. 
to have 18 plays is just, it's ridiculous. But Kyler Murray had a huge day, 74 yards rushing, a touchdown, 188 yards, two touchdowns. He's a fantasy beast. Uh, Kenyon Drake finally had a blow-up game, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, really, what my advice with Drake here would be is take this boom game as a win and then try to sell him because I don't see this continuing. 69 of those 164 yards were just that big run at the very end of the game when they're trying to chew clock. Uh, I I really would look to trade Drake here with his little bump. Uh, someone might take him now and, and with some optimism. It, it's it's not a situation I'm excited about. Uh, Christian Kirk had two touchdowns, kind of random, 86 yards. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins only had two catches for 73 yards, but you know it, Kyler didn't need to feed Hopkins because he was doing it on the ground and uh, he was just kind of rolling. So. Andy Dalton, he didn't really do much. He looked pretty bad. That offensive line looked bad. Zeke Elliott, total flop. I mean, he he was bad. I mean, they needed him to have a huge game. It's kind of the lean on Zeke. But you got to kind of wonder about Elliott because, you know, his whole career, he's had probably the best O-line in the league. He's had Dak, and now he doesn't have either. And he looked bad. He looked very, very bad. But in terms of the receivers, Amari uh, Cooper kind of saved his day late. He was really bad to start, but... He ended up with 79 yards and a touchdown catch. CeeDee Lamb, 7 catches, 64 yards. Um, Dalton Schultz, 4 catches, 35 yards. And Michael Gallup only had 23 yards of 2 catches, but he did drop a wide-open touchdown that he should have caught for about 25, 30 yards. So Michael Gallup, he had, I mean, I don't know. Dalton looking is looking Gallup's way a lot. I, I don't know. I don't think Gallup is someone that you can give up on yet, but uh, he's not playing well right now. Yeah. I'm going to start, start off the Cardinals. Murray, I didn't even know he only had nine completions. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, but he, he's he been very solid fantasy-wise just because of his legs as well as his arm. But he, he moves a lot. And, I mean, that, that kind of digs into Kenyon Drake's production actually a lot. Because when they get in the red zone, Murray's running it in a lot of the times. And, obviously, this is Kenyon Drake's best game, and it came from meaningless touchdowns. But I'm trying to stay cautiously optimistic as a Kenyon Drake owner. I'm trying to trust the volume. I mean, he's averaging around probably 18 carries a game. I would just like to see him more involved in the pass game. I know he had two targets, but he didn't catch either of them. And he was averaging about like five, six targets last year and about four catches a game. Um, I, I just don't know. It's been the Kyler Murray show. D-Hop, I mean, he's going to have better days than this. He broke one out late, but eight targets is still... Uh, positive sign but to move on to the Cowboys if I'm a Zeke owner right now honestly this is what I'm doing I, I'm I'm shopping him I don't think I don't think he's gonna have he's, what you you drop no sh- shop him I'd, oh look, shop yeah okay, no okay. I wouldn't drop no no <laughs> I'd be shopping him right now because honestly there's a lot of t- there's a lot of injuries out there and people are looking for running back ones but I don't think he's he's having a fumble issue right now he his O line's bad. He's got he's he's with a backup right now and at a quarterback. I mean, I would just be shopping him and see what you can get out of him. You could probably move him around for something. And I, they have a tough schedule. I mean, the the his last half end of the season's very tough O line or D lines. I I don't know. I'd be shopping him if I was a Zeke owner. Uh, Cooper saved his day with a late late touchdown, seven receptions, seventy nine seventy nine yards and a touchdown. C D Lamb. Another solid game, and Zeke. I mean, he he was involved on those dump offs, but like I said, I'd be shopping him to be honest. I this Dallas team's gonna it's taking a turn for the worse for Dallas. I think it's they're gonna be a very very bad team with uh, Andy Dalton. I I don't I don't have confidence in them. Yeah, honestly, they I don't I don't know if they're gonna win five games. Honestly, I mean they're two and four right now. And they do play the the Washington football team. They'll play the New York Giants. They'll play the Eagles. But I don't know. This is a very, very bad football team. And Jerry Jones, I'm sure, is not not happy in any way. But um, So that wraps up week six. We'll be back later today uh, with the Waiver Wire podcast. We'll be posting that a little later on in the afternoon. And that will go over all the players that you could pick up on the waivers. We'll also be talking a little bit about our gambling picks. Uh, and then the streaming defenses that are good pickups as well. So make sure to tune into that. But I think that's all we have. Anthony, do you have anything you want to say to close this out? No. Um, just continue uh, to try and win out your leagues. I mean, it's been 
very, very rough fantasy league or fantasy year this year for sure for any team. I know there's probably at least uh, one or two teams in each league that just have a beat up roster. So I uh, just trust the process. Yep, sounds good. So make sure to check out the podcast later today. Make sure to check us out on social media and check out the website, www.sidelinescience.org. But besides that, we'll be back later on this afternoon, and I think that's it.